but I'm most proud of how I didn't just come back, but I came back playing at the highest high school level possible and playing well at a high level, for sure. Welcome to episode 212 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. We love stories of second chances and resilience through tough times. And for Jackson Sharon, his story involves more than both of those. The Cornwall PEI product was recruited to join Dogs Academy back in 2018. He was expected to head west the following year, but was set back by an ACL tear. He arrived for a short time in 2020, only to be turned around as the world grinded to a halt in the face of a pandemic. Sharon thought he was good to go that fall only to tear his ACL a second time. After missing three full years of baseball and dealing with both the physical and mental challenges of rehab, the hard-throwing right-hander made his triumphant return to Okotoks in 2022, helping the 18U black team win several tournaments as it was also named one of the top programs in North America. It's one thing to hear the Coles Notes version as I just gave you, it's another to hear it straight from the 18-year-old's mouth. So here is our candid conversation with Jackson Sharon. Jackson, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, you like 5 a.m. wake-up calls, eh? Yeah, it's become accustomed to it when you're at an Oaks that's for sure. Three <laughs> times a week, you gotta be up. Well, I guess probably 6.30, but, you know, I like to be early bird gets the worm. I like to be up at 5 a.m., just get the body going, make sure I show up to practice, I'm ready to go. So, what's sleeping in for you, like, 7 yeah, most days I'm pretty early riser for sure, but you know, on Sundays and our off day, like you definitely know I'm staying in that bed for as long as I can, that's for sure. Sometimes <laughs> ten AM before I get out of bed. Have you always been an early riser? Or is that something that as you went up through the baseball ranks you went, I gotta get to work and gotta get to work early? Yeah, exactly. Like especially like now I'm in Alberta time, like guys in the East Coast are up three hours before you, so up at five AM, most guys <laughs> getting to work in at eight AM, so Basically, it's the same time schedule. No one's getting ahead of me, that's for sure. Mm. Walk us through a typical day for you during the winter when you're trying to put in the work for baseball. Uh, me? So it probably starts like 5 a.m. most of the days for sure. And then I'm a big nutrition guy for sure. So usually I just get a high-protein breakfast with some carbs in it for sure. So sometimes I'll have eggs and toast with some honey just for extra sugars and stuff like that. Just kind of get me going for practice. Then I head down to practice probably around 6 a.m., and then get into the field, just do some light stretching before we do our actual routine. Practice will start, I'll play catch, just kind of getting the body loose. Coach will give us instruction on what to do for that day. Then after catch, we'll usually just do our own thing, like bunt Ds or something like that, pick off plays. Then after that, I usually go home, eat food again, that's for sure. And it depends <laughs> if I work or not. And then if I'm not working, I like to go down to the field at 2 o'clock that day get some yoga and some stretching, do some knee work or something like that. And after that, just keep taking care of the body. Like, you know, big, got to take care of your body guy for sure. So after supper, then it's just kind of chill, talk to friends, hang out with friends sort of thing. And then after that, it's throw on a yoga video on the TV, ride the bike, flush out the legs from the day, and then try to get a good eight hours of sleep. How much do you love the grind? I love the grind. Grind's all part of it. If you don't love the grind, you're not going to do anything in life. So Very cool. You have such an interesting backstory, especially over the last couple of years, and we're going to get to that in a second. But uh, you're originally from Cornwall, Prince Edward Island. So tell us a little bit about growing up there and the baseball scene that you grew up in. Yeah, Cornwall, not too much happens in Cornwall, I can't lie. <laughs> but that was like a small town, I think 6,000 people. 
And then when I was growing up, I had the same coach all the way from Mosquito, or I don't know what they call it now, like U13 or U15. Mm-hmm. So he was great. His name was Hippie. He was the best coach I ever had for sure. And then there wasn't, there's obviously it's a small province. So there's not too many minor baseball teams. So every time I was playing, there was against three other teams. There was Western PEI, Eastern PEI, Central PEI, and Mid PEI. <laughs> so those are the four teams. Like, so you kind of know everybody. You're like, you always know who you're playing against. You know the coaches. Like, it's all fun for sure. Mm-hmm. Who got you into baseball in the first place? Uh, I want to say my parents. Both my parents played uh, baseball and mom played softball growing up. And then, I don't know, I just kind of became accustomed to it. Like, I played soccer like most kids do. But then I was like, nah, I don't like this game at all. So I was like, yeah, let's just do baseball. I was going to ask, were you a multi-sport guy? Were, were there other sports that you had interest in? Or was it all baseball all the time from a pretty early age? Uh, baseball is definitely the main sport, but I did play hockey up until I moved out to Okotoks. And then in junior high, I also played uh, basketball and volleyball, which mm-hmm. I liked a lot. So what was it about baseball that made you go, this is the one I want to chase? It was what I was best at from the beginning. Like I was always like top guy in my team, and there's confidence kept growing. And I was like, damn, I could really do something with this, so. Just kept going up. Do you remember that moment when you said, hey, maybe I could do something more with this? Maybe I could chase a, a college career or even better? Uh, well, it kind of did start super early. Like, I was seven years old, and then I was playing on a team of 12 and 13-year-olds at the time. Like, I knew right away that I, was, I could have been special. And then just from there, I was always the top guy on my team at home, and then same with, like, provincial teams and stuff. So I was like, yeah, let's, let's ride it. That's for sure. Obviously, it's gotten you pretty far away, especially away from home. And, and we'll start in 2018 here. You get recruited by Dogs Academy in Okotoks. How did that all come to be? Uh, it was actually, we weren't, yeah, we weren't having a really good tournament. Like, the guy never usually does great in those tournaments. But <laughs> uh, it was like the, playing for seventh place, I think. It was just a placement game. We're playing Nova Scotia. And then the Dogs coaches were there. But they're watching one of their recruits on the Nova Scotia team. And then I just went in for, like, the last inning just to get an inning of pitching. And then after that inning was over, they're like, we want this guy. And after the game, they, my uncle was actually videotaping me. So they went over my uncle thinking that he was my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, What's this kid's name? Like, how are you related to him? And he's like, oh, he's my nephew, all that. Then after the game, my mom was like, the dogs want to talk to you. And just, like, when you're that age, everyone knows who the dogs are. So I was, like, blown away because you know how good they are. And then I met the coaches at Tim Hortons, actually, in <laughs> Oshawa, Ontario. And then they offered me a spot in the academy, like, right down there. They're like, we really want you. We really like what we're – your projected build. Like, we like what we're working with, for sure. So It's funny how Canadian that story turned with the Tim Hortons reference. So well played there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as a 15-year-old, though, you mentioned the age thing. How daunting is that to think about moving across the country to keep chasing a baseball dream? Uh, I was, it didn't phase me at all. Like, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, this is what I want. Obviously, my mom was like, you're only 15. Like, you sure? Like, <laughs> do you like the game that much? And I was like, mom, this is what I want. Like, I always said I was going to play college baseball, like, all that type of stuff. So my dad was on board for sure, but my mom also had second guesses. But eventually, now I'm here, so it worked mm-hmm. out. When you think about that, and you mentioned the fact that Okotoks was pretty well known to that point, how did it get to that point? Like, were there players that you looked up to at PEI who had come this route? Like, how is it that they became so well known in your world? 
Yeah, I didn't really know any players from PEI there because it wasn't at the time they asked me to, but obviously I know, like, Brett Platts very well. I mm-hmm. talked to him a lot about, like, nutrition and, like, the body working out, all that stuff, and then I never reached out to him when it happened, but I just always kind of knew who he was. I'm not sure how, but I just knew who he was, and then I saw he was playing college baseball, so I was like, yeah, I want to do the exact same thing, and then if he did from PEI, so can I, so... So the plan originally was to come out the following year, and you end up tearing your ACL. Walk us through what happened there. Yeah, it's not a story I'm very proud of, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so my junior high team, like I was going for athlete of the year that year, which I got. <laughs> um, uh, so there's like a flag football league. And then I was like, okay, hey, well, I'm going to do it. I want athlete of the year. So we were playing a game, and then... Keep in mind, it's flag football, no tackling, like no, like any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I got a handoff, and I went to go deke out the opponent, and then I just felt my knee crack a bunch of times and pop when I planted. And I was like, oh, Frey, like, what was that? So I thought I popped my knee out originally, and I was like, okay, no big deal. But I looked down, and it was still in place. So I'm like, ah, Frey, something inside for sure. But I never thought it was the ACL. Mm-hmm. And then... I was actually misdiagnosed for a few weeks too. Like I went to the doctor and then there's just so much swelling so they couldn't really get a good look at it. So they told me I pulled my LCL, which is like the outer ligament of the knee, out for six weeks. So I was like, okay, six weeks, whatever. It's all good. And then it wasn't getting any better. <laughs> so I eventually went in to get an MRI. And then the MRI results came back. And then the doctor is like, well, <laughs> it's not exactly what... Uh, we were picturing, but you tore your ACL, and then you strained your MCL, you tore your meniscus, and you strained your LCL. So I was like, frig. Then I had to get the talk, like, nine months minimum before I returned to sports, and then I had a big summer lined up that year, too. Like, the dogs asked me to go to Vanderbilt University with them mm-hmm. to play with playing a tournament and stuff. And I basically had to tell them, like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Especially being that young, what's the recuperation like? And, and it's not just from a, a physical perspective, but even the mental and emotional standpoint, how challenging was it for you? Uh, it wasn't that challenging mentally when I was 15 years old because I was just like, I'm still young, like, I got time, like, just a minor setback, it's whatever. So it didn't really affect me mentally, it was just like, it was more physically for sure because you're having to go to the gym like six times a week and then... I was there for upwards of two and a half hours, six times a week, just doing rehab. But, yeah, like, it's really tough physically because after two months, you feel 100% fine. Mm -hmm. But you know you're still more than half a year away from being where you want to be. So you finally are able to come out here in February 2020. You think everything's going to be good. And, of course, the world stops because of the COVID pandemic. Uh, You end up getting shipped back home. How difficult of a pill was that to swallow? Uh, it was tough for sure, but then I also realized that it's happening to everybody. So, like, I was just like, oh, it's a setback. Like, am I really getting setback sort of thing? Like, because it was happening to everybody around the world, so I couldn't really complain about it. Obviously, it did suck, but it sucked for everybody. So, mm. In that time, what did you do to keep yourself sort of ready for whenever that eventual call would come in to say, hey, let's head back on over to Okotoks? Uh, so when I went home, I had to quarantine, obviously, for two weeks, because that's what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, my mom's stepdad actually built me, like, a board, and I was just, like, throwing off of that. Like, it was pretty gritty, but gotta do what you gotta do. Like, I was throwing off a board once a day, 
I had like a ladder, so I was doing like footwork in the driveway, the push-up setups, just bare minimum workouts just to kind of keep you in shape. A few months later, you're you're able to come back. You start training. Everything's going well. You get to play in a game. First game back, you tear your ACL again. What happened? Yeah, so I'll never forget the day because it was in my fourth at bat, and I already had two home runs in the day, dead center. Like I was seeing the ball well that day. Like absolutely demolished two baseballs. And then it was my fourth at bat. It was kind of a ball in the gap. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go for a double right away, like a hustle double. And then I decided not to right away. So I slammed on the brakes, and then the exact same pop, crack, everything happened again. And I was just down, and then I knew it happened right away. So I was pretty overwhelmed. I was like, I was in tears, obviously, and then slammed my helmet in the ground, cracked my helmet. Like, it's kind of a, it was a scene for sure. You mentioned that it wasn't that bad coming back from it emotionally the first time around. Physically, you know what you're coming up against. So is your mindset changed at all because of the time that's passed and because you're – it's got to be frustrating because you can't you, – you've, you've gone through basically three years without getting to, to actually take in a full season. Yeah, like I knew what was happening physically. So I was like, hey, did it once, can do it again for sure. But – Mentally, I struggled big time. Like, it was definitely the lowest point in my life for sure. Like, I really struggled with mental health during that uh, first few weeks, anyways. It was just like, I wasn't motivated to do anything. Like, wasn't eating very much, wasn't like working out. Basically, just laying down, just feeling sorry for myself. Was questioning my baseball future, obviously, like anybody else would, because sometimes an ACL is like career ending for Mm -hmm. some people. But then. After a few weeks, like, I talked to some of my teammates, like, Carson Heimersch, who I go to a lot, just wanting me to, like, get stuff out and stuff. And then he was just kind of like, yeah, it sucks, but, like, what's feeling sorry about yourself going to do? Like, you just got to control what you can't control. Couldn't control. I told my ACL again, but one thing I could control is how I come back from it, so. And he came back from it, obviously, put in the work, 2022 hits. You're finally able to get back on the field again with the 18U black team with dogs. That team's been heralded for how good it was, and you obviously did really well team-wise. What was it like, though, getting back onto that field that first time and going through those first couple of weeks and going, oh, yeah, this is what normal kind of feels like again? Yeah, like, even when I was playing catch and stretching before the game, I was like, dang, I really miss this. Like, it's been (laughs) three years since I was able to participate in team warm-ups. I was like, wow. But no, like, my first step back, it was when it really hit me. I was like, well, like, I'm playing in a game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm finally back. Like, I was thinking about all the hard work that went behind it. Like, the 4.30 a.m. wake-up calls, the bike to the gym to get to rehab. Like, all that that type of stuff. So, it was really, I wasn't, like, emotional, but I was kind of more, like, shell-shocked. And I was like, wow, I'm finally back. Mm -hmm. Do you take that moment at any point to kind of soak it all in like and I've talked to different athletes who go through the pro ranks but because you've put up with so much adversity do you take that step back and soak it all in to become grateful I guess for for the opportunity that's that's come before you yeah definitely like every time I step in the field I always like pat my chest look up in the sky because I'm just grateful to be there every single day now it's just like it's never a day oh I gotta practice like I don't want to practice it's like damn right I want to practice I've practiced like three years before this so I was like I'm grateful every time I step on there I never take a moment for granted anymore 
not only did the team do really, really well, you did well. You mentioned you threw a no-hitter at one point this past year. What was it like getting to see all that hard work and determination and perseverance pay off? Yeah, it was it was amazing. Like it didn't really hit me that I threw like a no hitter after either. Like I'm a pretty chill, laid back guy. Like I don't show emotion like ever. And after I got the final out, I was just like, sweet, like it's cool. <laughs> All the guys were coming on and throwing water on me and stuff, and I was like, yeah, let's go, man. Like that's sick. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just didn't really hit me till after, and I was like texting my mom. But the really cool thing about it was I threw my no hitter exactly one year after my surgery. It's yeah. funny how baseball does that, right? Is that it, there's whether it's weird numbers or you know weird anniversaries, like there's just always some sort of weird connection that way. Yeah, and that's the part that really hit me because I didn't notice it until after, and I got like a, I got like a notification in my Snapchat memory. It's just it was me on the surgery bed, and I was like, wow, that was one year ago, and I just finished throwing a no hitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was insane. How proud of yourself were you? when you were able to finally soak that all in and you realize that it's that one year and that, you know, you've, you've overcome all that adversity. Uh, yeah, it was really special. Like I was in bed playing, I was letting it do that. And then I just got a bunch of DMs, like congrats on the no hitter. Like I seen you working like people I barely know, but they just follow me like on Instagram and stuff. They're like, yeah, like I heard about your story. Like that's really inspirational type of stuff. Like that's for sure. That's what it really hit me right in bed that night. I was like, damn. So the team goes on, wins perfect game championship. We've talked about that on the show previously with Terrell Chadwick. When you look back on that last year and, and even beyond that is the last few years, when it comes to the dogs, what has that experience meant to you, not just from a baseball perspective and having those the minds to be able to bounce things off of, but also f- from a human being perspective and being able to to use them in to have them in your corner? No, it, it's actually everything. Like, they don't realize it, and then, but they're everything. Like eternity, they get ready for life. Like they don't just get you better at baseball. Like they prepare you for college. They prepare you to be like a man after college. Like parents, like. And just good people in general, for sure. Is there anyone in particular you'd like to single out for being in your corner, helping you get through the last few years, whether it's family, friends, teammates, coaches? Who who in particular is, have you really leaned on? Uh, my parents, but then Carson Heimreich, for sure. Like That guy's been through some stuff that uh, I'm not going to share, but that guy's been through some stuff, for sure, in the past. So it was good to kind of go to him, like... That guy, like, relates to what I am going through or what I was going through and that type of stuff. So it was great. Mm -hmm. Your Instagram profile bio reads, Perseverance overcomes anything. When you think back on all the hurdles and that, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of how I didn't just come back, but I came back playing at the highest high school level possible (laughs) and playing well at a high level for sure. Mm. You have one more year left at Dogs, then it's off to Bossier Parish. How excited are you to take that next step? I am beyond excited. I'm ready to play college baseball for sure. It's been something I've been thinking about since I was 12 years old. I was always telling my parents I was going to go play college in the States, and then the day I made it official was pretty special. What kinds of things do you hope to work on over the next little while to make sure that you hit the ground running once you get down there? Um, yeah, it's definitely trying to get more velo on my fastball for sure. I got a pretty good developed breaking stuff already. 
And then obviously just staying healthy, like keeping the legs healthy, arm, shoulder, all that common stuff for sure. Mm. You mentioned that leg for a second, and I want to go back to it. I know I've worked in the football field as well and, and talking to guys when they, they hurt their legs, turning off of it, um, you know, making a cut, for example. You've played the game. You know how it goes. It can be a bit of a that first time through, you kind of go, oh, I hope it doesn't happen again. Have you had moments like that where you went, oh, I hope I don't wreck this thing or that first step where you've got to cut around a base, for example. Has there been any trepidation that way? Yeah, all of those thoughts always happen when you come back from injuries. Not even legs, just anything really. First time throwing again or anything, but you just got to trust yourself. It's like I worked on this thing every day for nine plus months, two different times, like 18 months total. It's like I know I worked hard enough to trust it right away. So mm-hmm. after I did the first one, I was like, obviously it's a sigh of relief, but I wouldn't say I was really nervous. I was like, I know I'm ready, so let's do it. Mm-hmm. When you think back on your young career to this point, any favorite memories or any highlights that made you go, man, I can't believe I got to do that? Uh, yeah, actually in 2014, I went to I went to Japan to play baseball. Um, they picked five guys from PEI. It was like the World Children's Baseball Federation. Okay. So each province is a turn every year, and then having the PEI's turn when I was in the right age, so... I was 10 years old, me and four other guys, five other guys from PEI went to Japan. We were 10 years old, and then we all went with a 24-year-old chaperone, Ben Cameron. (laughs) That was when I was like, wow. I was going to ask, how cool is it to represent your country in that way? Oh, it's amazing. It was really amazing. I know, like, a lot of guys, like, represent Canada, even at the dogs still. But then to do it at that young, you can't really soak it all in as much as you think you can just because you're still young. You don't really understand all of it. But, no, looking back on it, I was like, wow, that was really cool. What would it mean to you to be able to do that again, whether it's a World Baseball Classic or even just the fact that, you know, you're one of the Canadians who gets to go down to the States and, and represent Canada in at the college level? Uh, yeah, it really does mean everything. And then a lot of the guys have been doing it, so I'm like, it's my turn, like, I just don't want to go play college baseball. I want to be the best when I get down there. Like, there's no point in just doing it just because. What do you see as your ceiling? What do you What do you hope to accomplish with with this thing? Obviously, everybody wants to play pro, and then just gotta take it one day at a time, and then one step at a time. Because yeah, you can't get two days from now until you get through tomorrow. So. I love that mindset. couple more for you here, Jackson. Let's say you're walking the halls with the dogs and you see some of those younger players and they start picking your brain a little bit. They want to get a little bit of advice for maybe making it to that next level or getting to that 18 new black team, for example. What would you say to them? What would you want to impart wisdom-wise on them? Uh, me, personally, it would just be like, don't care. Well, care about what people say to you, but just to a certain extent. Like, obviously, you're going to be playing with kids or some of them got, obviously, different personalities. They'll be like, oh, he's not that good. Like, people are always going to say stuff about you. Like, no matter, you can't control it. So, it's always going to happen. So, just don't care about what they say. It's you versus you. It's not you versus the guy next to you. So, you can't, you can only get good as you as you uh, put yourself to be. So Very cool. Final question for you. I'm sure you've heard it a time or two. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Oh, it means everything. Baseball's my life since I've been, what, five years old now? And I can't imagine my life without it, that's for sure. It was taken away from me for a little bit, but I made sure to do everything in my power to get back to it, so. 
really does mean everything. And you certainly have done that, Jackson. Congratulations on not only the success you've had to this point, but also on overcoming such crazy obstacles. Continued success going forward. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Jackson Sharon for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, subscribe on your preferred podcast app and help spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review. We'd also like to tip our caps to our platinum supporters, the Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy for their amazing generosity and sponsorship. For more on our teammates and how to help us cover our costs, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all your support online, on social and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.